Welcome to the Tipsy Theology Podcast. We're going to take some shots and talk about the inspiration of Scripture. I'm Trey. And I'm Tipsy. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, man? Hey, man, I'm doing all right. I'd really appreciate it if you start pouring us our first shot. I want to know, how are you guys doing? (laughs) For anyone listening, I pointed at the camera and looked directly into it. I just had a really deep... Can you deep, see my eyes? I had a deep thought. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I had a deep thought right now, and we haven't even started drinking. <laughs> we better hurry up. <laughs> when you when you talk to the audience, that's like two weeks in the future. Yeah, that's true. That's not even them today. That's them two weeks from now. That's what's so weird about doing these so far in advance sometimes. Like, I can't even wrap my mind around that. Like, the people that we think we're speaking to today are going to be completely different people in two weeks. That's true. Because they're going to go through some stuff for the next two weeks. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, because there's sometimes people will message me about, they're like, hey, I love the new episode. I'm like, oh, wait, which one was the new one? <laughs> you mean the old one. <laughs> yeah, just wait. Well, it's funny because then some, sometimes people will offer suggestions like, hey, maybe you should try this or or that. I'm like, okay, cool. Wait a couple weeks. Yeah, if you want to see us implement these things, you're gonna, it's a six-month process. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we've got Hennessy here. Oh, yeah. We're sipping the cognac. Very special. Yeah. That's what it says very right here. Special. That's actually that's like the lowest tier cognac. but It's very special. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's do, do it. it. Cheers. Cheers, mate. And I'm already spilling. The beard picked it up. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Cognac is my favorite winter liquor. Dude, that warmed me up. Yeah, it's not winter, but it's still my favorite winter liquor. In my heart, it's winter right now. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) But what I like about cognac, though, is it's not very popular. I don't feel like. Well, I guess brandy is a little more popular. I think it's more popular for cocktails. I don't know many co- cocktails that use cognac. Uh, maybe I'm making that up. I know a couple. Yeah, I think Paul, it, I Paul, think it's Paul's, Paul. Will be speaking. Out I of think it's because sometimes. of Fireball, because <laughs> people use Fireball all the time for stuff. Fireball don't have cognac in it. It's a cognac, isn't it? No, it's whiskey, man. It's you had it two weeks ago. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's always in the cognac aisle. <laughs> no, no. All right, guys. This is one of those times where Paul's going to make a public apology on the spot. He's going to show a, a true heart of repentance. I am very sorry that you guys didn't know that I'm right. <laughs> <sighs> Dang it, Paul. Pour the next shot. <laughs> oh, man. No, but I uh, I didn't know that. I'm glad that I do know that now. Yeah, you're a little less ignorant now. Isn't that great? Yeah. I love being less ignorant. All right. But that's an example. So, I mean, that's the thing. We're we're doing this podcast because we want to find the truth. <laughs> we're truth seekers. And... Uh, we're not always right. <laughs> but the important thing is like, okay, you corrected me, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to take that and realize that I was wrong about something, which is, I think is good. Oh, is this your rant to the audience? I had a little bit of a rant. I think that was part first of it. First of all, can I can I first say something before yeah. you rant? Guys, we love you. Like, the support you've given oh, yeah. us since I, today, this day, uh, this is one month in, this recording. Yeah, and we're we're set to hit a thousand Sweet. downloads, not including YouTube, because we don't really <laughs> tell people about the YouTube. Yeah, we're set to hit a thousand downloads in a month. It's insane. That, so here's the funny thing about it too, because we would be ecstatic if we get a hundred downloads. Yeah, that, that was the thing. <laughs> Our first goal when we posted the first episode yeah. was if we can get a hundred downloads in a amazing. month. But. Look at us. You guys blew us away. Yeah, y'all, yeah. Thank you for, <laughs> honestly, for joining in. I think that it's a good problem to have. The fact that we have an audience to talk to is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And I think that's what's great. I mean, overall, too, it's like I'm not saying what, what, I'm, what I'm saying. It goes into what we're going to talk about today, too. But it's with no, it's no like judgment or shade on it. It's just like let's let's reemphasize the purpose of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. So the purpose, and I love, I love hearing from you guys. I love that. We've succeeded in what we're trying to do in a lot of ways, which is showing that we want to start a conversation. Yeah. We're not we're, we're not a teacher. We are not authoritative <laughs> no. on any of these subjects. <laughs> There's things where we may think we're authoritative on them, <laughs> but ultimately we're just here to start a discussion, and that just happens to be between Trey and I, 
and uh, that's that's what we're doing. We disagree on a lot of things. We agree yeah. on a lot of things. Um, but we want to talk about those things and show that it's okay to talk about those things. Yeah. If if what we're talking about, what we say, gets you worked up, awesome. Talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even like me personally, listening to the podcast that came out today, where yeah. you y'all talked about angels and demons, and I yeah. wasn't there for it. I was a little like trepidatious about y'all posting it, but I was like, no, it's o- it's an okay conversation to have. Yeah. Doesn't matter how much I disagree. Have mm-hmm. the conversation. Spark the conversation. Yeah. You, and that's you, and that's something you did a good job of in the podcast episode was like you. we aren't authoritative. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe is my answer. Right. You know? I'm not forcing you to believe this. You don't have to be a Christian and believe this, but Yeah. There's things that I believe that are certain. Yeah. Like we said in the first episode, Christ crucified and resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe that 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 is certain. Yeah. But not everyone believes that. And like I've said, <laughs> that's okay too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I mean that's what it is ultimately. It's like let's start the conversation, let's get it going. And that's if that's what that's doing, which I think it is doing, that's awesome. I'm so glad that we can do that and that, that this is this has helped people with that. Yeah. You know, even if it's even for me, there's times where you've said something or brought something up and like, oh, I never really thought oh, about yeah. that. And a lot of times I say <laughs> things and I'm like, Paul is totally not gonna agree with this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's funny. There's things that I assumed that you would agree with sometimes and mm-hmm. I realized, oh, he actually doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's awesome. Because mm-hmm. that that's important. It's like let's let's dive into this. Let's discuss this. Let's look into it. You know, if you've never thought about it, think about it. Yeah. I mean, every human is a is an individual yeah. who's had different experiences that have mm-hmm. led them down their faith journey, and they're, they're going to come to different conclusions. Yeah. I mean, me and you could have been raised in the same church. We weren't. We were raised in very different backgrounds, but mm-hmm. we could be sitting beside each other every Sunday. We're yeah. still going to hear sermons differently. Yeah, it's true. Because so, I'm interpreting through the lens of my experience and my upbringing and my whatever, yeah, which my is, worldview. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Which is something I like about the topic we're getting into in a few minutes after yeah. we take these shots. It's going to be a big one. Because I really like the fact that there are a plethora of interpretations. I think that only mm. helps us get closer to the heart of God. Anyways, this PIMS has been calling my We've name. We've got PIMS here. So do you know about anything about this? I have never had PIMS, so never heard of it. The main reason I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it a little bit is because I know most people probably haven't heard of it. <laughs> so actually, I just found this out today. I was looking it up a little bit. So it's called PIMS Number One Cup. But there's actually been five. So this is the original, and it started just going crazy. Everyone loved it. They're like, it's so it's a gin base, and they just started making a ton of them. People were like, this is amazing. I think originally it was created, it was like in a, like an oyster farm owner or something like that, and they um, created that, and it was supposed to help with digestion, but it was also taste good because it was a bunch of herbs and different things like a gin. Mm-hmm. And people loved it, and they started getting really popular. So they created oh, Pim's number one cup, no, number two cup, then number three, then five, then four, then five, and then I think it was World War Two. After that, they started to decline, and the others two through five started to decline just because there wasn't a demand for it anymore. Yeah. And then a new company bought this up and rebranded it, um, and just started selling it like crazy. Hmm. Okay. So I know for me, I learned about it when I went to England. And I see it, you know, in different parts of Europe as well, but it's delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've never had it straight like this before. Yeah, so uh, if if you're of drinking age, go get some Pims. Try it out. Enjoy some Pims. Actually, wait till I drink it, and I'll tell you. And then we'll find out. But I do want to I want to say something. So I've usually had it in a cocktail, so this is the first yeah. time I've had it straight. Straight? Okay. Yeah. Well, so right here on the label, I think this is relevant for today, it says, by appointment to Her Majesty the Queen Distillers and Compounders, Pims Company in London. Mm. And so... Queen Elizabeth's husband died today. That's true. Yeah. Dang, I yeah. forgot about that. So, hmm. This one, this one's for him. This one's for him. If it's good enough for the queen, it's good enough for us. Then maybe it's really disrespectful. I can't remember his name. Annie, what's his prince name? Prince Philip. Prince Philip. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't a prince, was he? Mm-hmm. What was his name? What was Tec- his? What was, he was what by was marriage? His, a duke. Duke of what? Duke of Wales. No, I was wrong. The Duke of. Of England, I should. To I, him. I don't. To Prince Philip. To Prince Philip. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, go try that. Isn't that amazing? That's gin, but better. So, 
that's the first time I've had it straight, and I sort of want it straight all the time now. <laughs> that's a little fruitier version of gin. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's got a really nice citrus flavor. Mm-hmm. I like that undertone to it. It's very strong. So usually you'll do this in like a Pimm's cup, um, and it's, so it's good. You mix it with like sparkling lemonade. Yeah. You throw some cucumber, throw some strawberry, throw some orange Ooh. in there, throw some mint. Your life is gonna change. That sounds amazing. <laughs> All right, so what do we have left? What, what, what's what's the, the last, last one? We, we actually had this on the last one. Well, I wasn't here. So the old seven brothers. It's like it never happened. I love it, and I want Trey to love it too. <laughs> we'll see. Well, after and our producer loves it. <laughs> she's she's sipping it right now. Yeah, she is. <laughs> if this video is a little whack. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. But yeah, so this is Seven Brothers. I talked about it last time. Yeah, that's your hometown brewery right me. there. It's pretty much as local as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> like, but no, I love this stuff. This is great. They've won. This one has won the USA Spirits Rating Silver Award for 2019. Don't know what that is. Doesn't mean anything to me. Me either, but it's an award. So it's award winning. <laughs> All right, you gave me the Chaos Cup today? You got the Chaos Cup. Sweet. Which, you know, I thought that was funny. Which is perfect because this is the, the, the liberal pathology and the conservative pathology. That's, <laughs> that's for you. Thank you. I, on the, I thought it was funny on the, uh, oh, which episode was that? The Good Friday episode we did. Not Good Friday. The the Wine Wednesday. Wine one. Wednesday. Yeah, Wine Wednesday episode. Um, that I was dressed in all black and you were dressed in almost all white. <laughs> it's like, we got chaos in order. <laughs> the roles have been reversed. It's true. I got, I just gotta say, I'm having way too much fun today, dude. You like, got some energy. I I'm, I'm so excited. I'm kind of like, oh, where is this episode gonna go? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'm it's kind because of like, I had that break where I didn't get to do a long forward podcast. That now I'm like, like, oh, like, let's do it. Let's go. Let's get back into this. I'm really excited. So let's take Here this shot and let's let's get into it. Seven All right, brothers. Cheers, man. <laughs> Cheers. That's crisp. Isn't that nice? That's the best gin I've ever had. Oh, yeah. And I've had some cheap gins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love... What I love about this is because it's it's heavy on the juniper. Mm-hmm. It's I really refreshing, it. yeah. I love it. If you don't like juniper, it you won't like it. The alcohol but... is not very strong in that, yeah. Mm-mm. It's just very smooth. Hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but hey, let's crack a cold one open. Yeah, let's crack a cold <laughs> one open. It's a, Tonight we're drinking... Uh, <laughs> Coppertail Brewing's Unholy Triple. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually one of my dad's favorite beers. He was down here a few months ago, and we were over at a local bar, and he was he was like, give me another one of those. That's awesome. Which is fun, because they're also, wait, where is it, where is it at? It's 9.2% alcohol <gasps> by volume. <laughs> so I think we were supposed to take half shots today? We forgot. <laughs> we'll take it slow. We got we're a lot gonna, of pretzels we're here. We're going to take it slow, because on the Tipsy Theology podcast, we drink in moderation. That's right. <laughs> but no, that's that's a good point. <laughs> we're not going crazy. And look, it didn't even fill the entire glass. That's good. We're yeah. being conservative. All the better. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I love this artwork. This is sweet. Yeah. Hopefully you guys can see that. I think it looks fantastic. I'm going to get that I'm gonna, tattooed I'm on I'm going to put it right here. Well, so it's a, uh, I mean, for those of you who can't see it, because uh, you're listening on oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. one of our podcasts. I, yeah, it's funny. I, the camera's here. Yeah, most you always listen. assume people are listen, uh, watching us, but yeah. most people listen to us. I think it's because I can see it too. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the artwork on this can is a monk with some tattoos, and he's got an, an, a knife? <laughs> Is that a knife? You got some, you got some sea no. creatures? There's a, dude, there's a mouse playing violin and guitar. Well, two different mice playing that. It's a pretty, this guy's pretty tatted. creative little <laughs> artwork here. I think it looks really cool. A little sacrilegious. It even says in the description, sacrilegious amount of hops. <laughs> <laughs> so they knew what they were doing. Which, Honestly, though, if this was, if this was like in a frame, I'd probably frame it. It looks pretty cool. Whether I agree with everything on it or not, I think it looks sweet. <laughs> so, hey, cheers to, cheers to Coppertail. Cheers, mate. Yeah, that's as as good as I remember it. That's really good. Oh, that's oh, wow. Yeah, that's my favorite one we've had on here so far. 
it's not nearly as strong as I thought it would be. Mm. It, it's for nine percent. It's very mild. Maybe because we were taking shots of forty percent. But you by know. comparison, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's really smooth. I like that. All right. So as we get in this conversation, we yeah both know we are going to take different stances on this one, mm-hmm. and so we're going to say up front what our stances on the matter. Yeah. But I think once we get into it, you know, from the conversations we've had, I think a lot of the things we're going to say is going to overlap. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes down to definition. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And so, Paul, what do, what do you think? What do you think about the inspiration of God? So I'll start. Um, <laughs> I said this last time. Inspiration of the Bible. I don't, God. I don't own a printer. So I'm using my phone uh, to take all my notes. Listen, so. I was I was listening to the podcast today. Save the trees. Kendall yeah. was right. Save the trees. She was right. It's for the trees. <laughs> In fact, I want a bigger screen next time. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get those iPads. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> We're gonna be those people. But yeah, so I have here uh, my personal statement. So I believe that the Bible is sufficient and inerrant in terms of its intended use and purpose, what it claims. Any insufficiency in understanding belongs to us. It's not a textbook. Okay, that's that's what I statement? wrote. Part of your statement. That's not my statement. a textbook. Yeah. Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag not a textbook. <laughs> <laughs> but you you affirm the inerrancy of Scripture. Yes. And in, by inerrancy, you mean it's without error. When understood properly, yes, it is without error in its purpose, in its, in, in its intended purpose. That's a that'll be important. That's a disclaimer. That's a great way to Sorry, phrase Thomas, it. Disclaimers. Oh, we hate disclaimers. I hate disclaimers. Podcast. Wait till we get Thomas on here to talk about disclaimers. <laughs> All right, <laughs> comment below if you want a disclaimers episode. <laughs> with so, Thomas, so you've got me feeling a little bit like uh, a yeah. little inadequate because you had a statement. I was just gonna say <laughs> I don't believe in inerrancy. <laughs> But <laughs> that's why I took some notes. So I was like, I want to be, I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about. A you, bit. you sounded like you know what you're talking about. I, <laughs> I am wo- woefully, uh, <laughs> what was me? <laughs> so since you had a statement, I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and write something I wrote a year ago when I felt inspired. Yeah. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to write my that's thoughts perfect. on inerrancy without even, I didn't look at any textbooks. I didn't look at. No resources. I was like, this is what I'm feeling. I'm just going to get it out there. Yeah. So it's more of a, it's it's not academic in nature. It's more of an emotional appeal. So okay. I, I feel safe saying that with that disclaimer. And, <laughs> and that's important. I'm glad that you feel safe. And I feel safe too to express myself. And that's important. Okay. So, and it might be a little offensive to our little inerrancy <laughs> crew over here on the right. <laughs> I'm just going to drink But please, I mean no offense when I say these things, but listen up. Here we go. On inerrancy, this is what I have to say. I reject the common assumption of an inerrant Bible as it is unnecessary and unbiblical. Hmm. It is closed-minded. It rejects truth. I'm sorry about that. That that hit harder than I expected it to. (laughs) It rejects truth. That's a big statement, yeah. It oppresses. (laughs) It is tyranny. The Bible is a result of qualified psychologizing that shows a progression of an understanding of who the divine is. Thus, Scripture is inspired by God, inspired by the incomprehensible ultimate, and interpreted by man in her finitude. I do not believe in Jesus because a book tells me so. I believe Jesus resurrected like I believe Socrates died. Only Jesus resurrecting is more than a principle to me. It affects my being beyond an atomical level. It disrupts my spirit on a metaphysical level. The resurrection causes the air in my lungs to progress through my body to give me life. But it also gives life to my being, the being that does not breathe, the one that exists beyond this body. My soul lives because Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. (laughs) D-Zam. So it's not, there's nothing academic there. There's nothing rhetorical there. Yeah. But that was more of an emotional response to how I was feeling about inerrancy at the time. And I think it's still Hmm. accurate to me today. Hmm. Those are some big statements. 
I was very direct. I said you were... <laughs> you felt very strongly. <laughs> and Well, here's the thing. Is the inerrancy I'm talking about, I yeah. don't think that's an inerrancy you affirm. Hmm. And I think that's... So that's kind of what I want to go into, too. It's important here for us to define what we're talking about. Yeah. But can I... So I have... I, I'm refer, deferring to my phone notes. <laughs> um... I think it's important here to lay the groundwork a little bit. Yeah, go for it. And you touched on it in in some ways in what you read here, too. Okay. And I think that's important. So the one that I have written here, and hopefully we don't agree on this, or hopefully we do agree, we don't disagree on this, sorry. Go ahead. The Bible does I disagree. not... <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> I didn't even finish! <laughs> the Bible does not have more authority than God. It is under God's authority. Amen. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I think that's so... Yeah, I think that's important. So do not hold scripture above God. And I think that's hugely important. And I'm not going to I'm not going to argue that the Bible is important. I'm not going to argue sorry that it's not important. <laughs> Let me uh <laughs> eat some pretzels. <laughs> so, I'm not going to argue that it's not important. I'm not going to argue that um I don't believe it is inspired in some way. But it's not more authoritative than who God is. Okay. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but that doesn't sound like an errand to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we can get into that a little bit. So, um, and it's important here too. So why don't you define an errand Okay. Yeah, I will. And I'll jump back to these other things because they're important. I, I'll say my definition is just without error. Okay. So I actually, yeah, I looked it up too. So the way that Google defined it <laughs> is pretty much that way, incapable of being wrong. We are Google scholars. We are, if there's one thing I can do well, it's Google search. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but no, I think that's important. So I mean, in the sense of it's, it's incapable of being wrong. That's a really big claim. Yeah. That, that's I a think huge that's, I think claim. that's the same as without error. Just it is. Better worded. Yeah. I think, yeah, in some ways, strong, more strongly worded. <laughs> there is zero capability. Um, impossible of being wrong. But, here's but the... I remember that nothing's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> you can just jot that down. <laughs> With God, all things are possible. All right, we're having too much fun today. We're having a lot. I'm, I'm enjoying which is, this. Which is kind of relaxing, but go ahead. Yeah, but no, so here's the thing. There's a lot of views on inerrancy. <laughs> There's a lot of definitions of what does that mean. All right, so tell us your definition. What is, what yeah. what is inerrancy to you? So I'll I'll start with this. So there's there's two extremes of it. So the one side says absolute inerrancy. Everything everything written in scripture is verifiable proof or verifiably true. Nothing is wrong. Everything is coherent. Everything is Everything is truth, basically. Yeah. That includes, you know, every way that the that the writers wrote about something, every thought they believed. Like literally everything. true, scientifically true, yes. historically true. Yes. Yeah. And if science today says, oh, or history shows, actually, that's not really what happens. That's not really how that works. It doesn't matter. The Bible's right. That's yeah. what ultimate inerrancy, absolute inerrancy believes. And you're going to reject that. I don't believe that. Okay, thank God. That so that's that's who I'm. That's kind of who I'm critiquing in that yeah. little passage I wrote earlier. And then there's the opposite end of that. So you shouldn't be offended. <laughs> but then there's the opposite side of that, which is inerrancy is irrelevant. <laughs> Two very far extremes. I kind of like that. Explain that one. <laughs> so in the thought, and by the way, for anyone anyone wondering too, this is from uh, Millard Erickson's paper which is like really long it's like i didn't read the whole thing it's like 400 pages long <laughs> but i read the parts that i cared about um so the thought of inerrancy brings one to concentrate on the minute minute thoughts of inerrancy while ignoring what might happen if someone is free to study the word without the limitation of thinking that it is without error so basically the, that side is saying it's a nice book mm-hmm that that's that, that's two very far extremes. <laughs> yeah, but I think I'd fall in that category. Okay, interesting. So I don't fall into that category. Okay. Um so I'm not quite there. All right, where are you at? So where I'm at is in the sense of there are and we can talk about this more, I'm sure we will. There are things in scripture that aren't true. <laughs> but 
it's not inerrant in the basis that it doesn't there's nothing in the claims that it makes that are incoherent so you're saying it's wrongly interpreted no i'm not even saying that i i do believe it's wrongly interpreted in some ways so what i'm saying is like there are things that are said in scripture as far I think it's Hebrews seven, where it talk I think it's Hebrews seven fourteen. I'm gonna be very specific. I think that's it. Where it talks about Melchizedek, and basically the way that the words are used there is it seems to the way I've read it and a few other scholars have read it, it seems to imply that they believe that whole human persons are in the loins of a man until he <laughs> deposits them into. Let's a- go with let's go with <laughs> there an go. easier example. So no, so let's like, go with an easier example. Like the flat earth versus in Genesis. Yeah. Okay. So, or even we can talk about the world tree or the the tree of life, or which has a lot of different things in all these places. But there's there's stuff in, there's a lot in there. But here's what's important. I, I brought up the science one in particular because that one's a shorter topic to discuss. But that one we know isn't true. That's not how babies are made. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also know the but earth isn't flat, right, Paul? It's true. <laughs> do you oh! affirm Do you affirm that it's not a flat earth? I agree we do not live on a flat earth. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Maybe. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but so, here, so here's why, what's important. That's why I brought up the Hebrews verse in particular, because we know that's not true. Mm-hmm. Science has shown that it's not true. <laughs> but that's not what Hebrews is claiming. Okay. Therefore, you can't say that it's inerrant because that was never a truth claim it was making. Okay. So another an example of that in, in somewhat modern day is like with smoking. So go back, what, 60 years, and they thought smoking was good for you. <laughs> Where there is, there, is, there is a lot of research out there saying that, oh, smoking's good because it cures your morning cough. Okay. So, but it causes it that as well. was exactly <laughs> so that that shows an inconsistency with the belief there okay but, but can i step if, in here? if well i'll finish this point real quick all right and then i, then I want you to talk i'm sorry but <laughs> so here's so here's why that's important for me to bring that up is because if if i was saying smoking is good for you because it cures your morning cough i would be inerrant i would be full of error in error in error yes. exactly but if i was saying Oh, I woke up this morning and I smoked my cigarette to cure my morning cough and then I looked outside and I saw the blue car. You know, it's like if I'm if I'm making a claim about a blue car, but in passing I happen to mention this thing that I believe, my claim isn't wrong. All right, so does that make sense? Yeah, and so my my uh re- returning response is if how is God inspiring these scriptures? If this is it, it, do you think the scriptures come from the mouth of God? So, because mm. if it comes from the mouth of God, wouldn't you expect it to also be scientifically accurate? So then we can get into inspiration, because I think that's where we're headed here. Well, it's, I think it's the same conversation. I I agree. I yeah. think they're very inseparable things. And so, well, let me ask you. So, what what is inspiration? What does that mean? How do you? What's your view of that? I I I like I like to go back to Second Timothy. Second yeah. Timothy. Uh, that's a big boy. Three sixteen. <laughs> yeah, the, I remember that. The Bible loves the three sixteen. Because John three sixteen, <laughs> yeah. I can remember that. Second Timothy three sixteen, <laughs> where it says, "Scripture is God breathed." Yeah. Of course, I don't know if we'll get into what Paul is talking about, or whoever wrote Second Timothy. That's a really uh, mm. controversial. Like they don't know who the author of Second Timothy mm. is. They just assume Paul. Like that's one of the ones where they're like, we actually don't know. Wow. But. If scripture is God breathed, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so inspiration. Um, if God inspired this, why would there be scientific inaccuracies? Yeah. So I think it is God breathed, just like we are God breathed. Hmm. Like if we go back to Genesis, the language they use in the creation account is man is is one made of dirt hmm. and God's breath. Yeah. And so scripture hmm. is God God breathed. And so that's as far as I'll go with inspiration, because we know as well that man is God breathed, but he's he's in there. He's not inerrant. Hmm. And he's not infallible. He's not perfect. He's still growing and progressing. So are you so are you saying that it's inspired 
because in Genesis language used there is God breathed. Is that is that is that the argument I'm hearing? I'm I'm basically I'm just trying to understand. I'm, I'm comparing so. inspiration of scripture to inspiration of man. Like okay. God's inspiration for man is not it's not equal. It's not the same thing because it is God's inspiration for man and then man produced the Bible. So in that way it is inspired by God. I see what you're saying. But in that case, couldn't you argue that like anything written is inspired? I, I think it is to different degrees. I just think the okay. Bible is the most inspired. Okay, interesting. Interesting. I've never heard that before. Because I'm a I'm a panentheist, which means that God is in everything. Okay. And the very fact and just like I read earlier yeah. from what I wrote a year ago is God's breath is the reason that I can breathe myself. Hmm. The reason I can write things, the reason I can put things out into the world. So it's kind of taking in the I'm giving more weight to the human experience into the inspiration. Hmm. But I will say hmm. with Scripture, the reason that Scripture is more inspired than any other book that's ever been written is because of the church's witness to Scripture, because of the church's witness to Christ. And because of Christ, okay. Jesus' witness to Scripture as well, because Jesus talked about Scripture too, sometimes in ways that sound like he's also affirming that it's not inerrant, and in some ways, he's 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 showing it in a positive light. I, I don't think those are 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 in disagreement at all. I think hmm. you can say I think you can affirm that it's not inerrant as well as showing it in a good light. As I'm trying to say is by saying that it's the most inspired literature we have. Hmm. <laughs> interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, and there's definitely levels of that that I agree with. But then there's those like details in them I'm sure we could we could talk more about. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I'll I'll say for myself. So that's kind of your so your view of inspiration is definitely heavy on the human side of it, I would say. Mm -hmm. Which yeah, that's and I, I think that my personal view, I think there's there needs to be a balance between the two. Um which can divert into some other conversations. But I think that um a view of inspiration has to be has to honor the human side of it. The fact that the Bible uses genre, the Bible uses figures of speech, the mm -hmm. Bible uses, you know, these these terms that were common to them, and it's not written in one voice. Yeah, and it's you written know, by imperfect people. Yeah, yeah, we know that these people wrote this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think a dictation view, which is one view of it, which is the fact, which is saying that God literally spoke and then guided their hand, <laughs> and th these words were written down, which I think is ridiculous to believe, <laughs> personally. I, I think that's the only view that is actually, I, I think, think that's, that's the only often... view you can take as inerrancy and it actually be inerrancy. So I disagree, um, which I'm sure we'll get into more, <laughs> which I would love to. Because um, I, so, hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump back to that. So I think there's the other side of it, which is the which I guess I would be more in the line of, which is the providential view, which is God inspired it in some way. God had a place in this. If he only, so, but do you realize that if he only inspired it in some way, not in the full capacity, then then it cannot be inerrant because it is created by human beings. So, hmm. So let me bring this verse up. Um, let me find it. Let me find it. It's in my notes here. It's Jeremiah something. I know that much. <laughs> Um, Jeremiah twenty five thirteen. You think it's a good idea to use the Old Testament? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go this ahead. This doesn't fall into your uh, didn't happen. <laughs> so in this verse, I don't, I don't know why I don't have it written down, but it's basically showing that God considers the words of the writers as His words. So it would be in the sense of if, if, um. If you had a boss who trained you really well and you spoke on his behalf, you would yeah. say, his words are my words. Yeah. Because he's speaking in the way that I would speak. He captures the essence of what I'm trying to say. So that's where I would say that that's where I believe the inspiration is. Yeah, but it's— God, God is saying that the words they're writing is—that's the way that I would have said the point of what they're trying to make. But that's not my actual words. And we can even go further than that into the fact that— Sorry, red letter Christians. <laughs> we don't actually have Jesus's words. Yeah, we have people's interpretation of Jesus' yes. words. And and so part of that goes into the fact that back then they didn't view quotation marks 
as binding as we do today. <laughs> today, if you change someone's word inside a quotation, that's like the worst, one of the worst offenses you can commit sometimes, which <laughs> is changing someone's words. But there, they said, oh, we'll capture the essence of what they're saying, and it'll be close enough. <laughs> Does that make sense? So in that sense... Yes, Paul, but... I agree with everything you're saying, yeah. but that does not mean inerrant. That means so, that there is a possibility that things are not completely accurate. Yeah. No so matter then, the circumstances. So then that goes into a different side of a different argument. So that's saying like we have to remove the natural side of it. We have to look into is it psychological? Is it philosophically coherent? I'm having way too much fun with this Me conversation. Too. Me too. I'm having so much fun. So I mean that's that's huge. So I mean that's that's a different side of it. So when I when I say that is an error, I'm saying the point, the purpose of scripture, it doesn't contradict itself. It doesn't there's no there's no um issues in its arguments that it's the claims that it's making about who God is and the story of God. So we do see, so I'll, I'll even bring this up, but it doesn't contradict itself <laughs> in the sense of, let's look at the Gospels. Okay. <laughs> I swear if you use the same verse I want to use. <laughs> do it, do it. Let's see. Let's see. What you got? What you got, Paul? So I, I don't have the verses written down, but the one I was thinking of in particular is the fig tree. Okay. Is that the one you had? Or no, 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 no. Okay. Go, go for it. So I... I think it's Matthew and Mark, I think are the two differences. This is so awesome, but we are zooming through this time. I know. <laughs> and I I've barely gotten anywhere. <laughs> let's give us an extra five minutes on this one, because I think it's worth it. Keep going. Yeah. Do you guys want to hear extra five minutes? Comment below. No, I'm I, I hear them. I hear them. They're saying yes. <laughs> Just get on it. Let's get on it. So in that, in that, I believe it's Matthew versus Mark, I believe are the two, um, where Matthew, when he talks about it, he says, oh, Jesus cursed this fig tree, and it withered immediately. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mark is saying, I think it's Mark, it might be Luke, I don't remember, but another writer of the gospel is saying, <laughs> oh, he cursed his tree and the next day it was withered. Hmm. So in that sense, you could say, oh, there's a problem there. They said two different things, two different time frames. But that goes into what's the point they're making? Yeah. The point they're making is that it withered quickly. I agree with everything you're yeah, I know. saying. <laughs> it's awesome. The gospel writers... The reason there's four Gospels, not one, is because they all had theological aims. Yes. For writing the their Gospels. The points, the purpose of those of those Gospels were different. The, purpose, the point they were trying to make was different. The emphasis was different. And so what I'm saying is that they didn't deviate from their emphasis. They didn't deviate from the points they were making. And there's no error in the point they were making. Mm -hmm. So that's where I would claim to inerrancy. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I just yeah. I I'm still not gonna say that that that's inerrancy. <laughs> you know, you know. So um yeah, go for it. So I've been talking a lot. So I just I want to kind of we don't have much time here, so I just want to get into why I think the belief in inerrancy is can be harmful, can yeah. lead to harmful theologies. So I'll say first that biblical inerrancy can lead to bibliolatry, which happens often. I get into Twitter fights mm. with people that are. <laughs> they idolize the Bible, and that's the issue. Like questions yes. of slavery. Uh, when you hold an inerrant belief in Scripture, hmm. sometimes that leads people to think that slavery is okay. Hmm. And I think that is just an impossible view to have in light of Jesus. So in, in – And on that, I'll say I agree with you on that too. Yeah. And part of that goes into – the definition of inerrancy. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does, but there are passages yeah. that seem to permit slavery and even promote it. In the Old Testament, there's passages that promote it. Hmm. In the New Testament, there's passages that permit it. Like Paul in Philemon is not explicitly clear that slavery is wrong. Hmm. He's like, hey, I'm sending you your slave back. I think it'd be cool if you like freed him. <laughs> But so I'll argue with you on that point, though, that he wasn't claiming slavery is cool. That's him saying I had my morning cigarette. <laughs> no, know? no, I'm saying I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the Old Testament kind of promotes it, whereas the New Testament just permits it. It doesn't. I see. Because he never says he says, OK, Onesimus is going back to you, Philemon. Mm. 
And and I, it's great that he's a slave. <laughs> he doesn't say that. He's, he's not, not saying, saying that. it's great that it's a slave, but he never says, hey, you're a Christian. You house people for a time of worship. Slavery ain't cool, man. That's against God. He never says that. Hmm. And that can I can I bring up a point real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> and so this is where I think this is important too, is understanding it kind of goes back to purpose in the sense that the Bible was written for the people at that time, for what God knew what they knew. That's not and good, they, en- that's not good they, enough for me, Paul. Well, <laughs> that's not good enough for me. If it is inspired by God, if it's inerrant, I believe it is inspired, but if it is inerrant, then God's going to speak in a black and white way, but he does not. Well, let me let me let me take it take it back again. Um Yeah, God knew what they knew. I'll I'll say that again. <laughs> and so there were things that they believed, things that they thought that are not acceptable in some ways to a 21st century thinker. Mhm. But that's not the point they're making. That's not the point of those verses in Scripture. The point is different. The point is not is not saying, like with Paul, for example, the point is not him talking about how slavery is great and you should do this, or slavery is awful and you shouldn't do this. That's not the point he's making. But God didn't stop them in that because God's not going to download new information into their heads just to satisfy us because in a thousand years, people are going to laugh at us. Yeah, I know they are. But do you, <laughs> if God has inspired these people to write scripture in a perfect way, he's not going to permit things that are wrong. He's not going to permit evil. God does not permit evil. Anyways, let me read, let me read something yeah. that I wrote that yeah. follows these lines, and then you can respond, okay? Okay. One, I'll say, inerrancy can force us to make excuses for scripture when that's not necessary. Hmm. So passages like, I don't permit women to speak in church, which is in Timothy. This is something Paul wrote. I want to do a whole podcast on that. Uh, yeah, we will. I want to so bad. We will, because uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I believe very strongly in the exaltation of women in ministry. I, I agree. Think they have, there, there's an equality there. Yeah. So, But these things make us believe that this is straight from the mouth of God. Women can't. Women cannot speak in church straight from the mouth of God. First, we're missing the context, but yes, when we read it, we assume, oh, that's straight from the mouth of God. Hmm. But Paul's language even provides an, an unsureness in himself because he says, I do not permit. He doesn't say God does not permit. <laughs> he says, yeah. I do not permit. So accepting that the Bible is not perfect both allows you to consider that, one, maybe we're misunderstanding Paul, or, or there's another option, two, which I prefer not to go down this route, but it's still an option, and I think it's a valid option. Maybe Paul is subject to his locality, his experience, and therefore holds views that would today be rightly called sexist. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be helpful to call Paul sexist today because he was far more feminist for his time, and for that he deserves grace, but that does not dismiss the fact that in today's society, in what is actually right and proper, mm-hmm. To say that women are not permitted in church, that is a sexist statement, and it's in the Bible. So we have to deal with these things. Yes. And I think the important thing that you said, too, it's we have to deal with them in context. I think that's huge. But uh, most people, a, a lot of, a great majority of evangelical Christians do not believe that women have the same, you know, access to leadership and ministry. Mm. Because of these scriptures. And so, yeah, we need to get the context right. But we also, I think it's important that we think, well, if the Bible's not inerrant, then we can also consider the fact that maybe Paul just got it wrong. Hmm. In this particular passage, I don't think he did. I think the context is necessary here, and then it provides ample reason to believe that Paul was pro-women in leadership because of other reasons, like like Phoebe, writing letters to mm-hmm. Phoebe to be read in her house church. Yeah. But things like that. Which is part of why I want to get into that, because there's so much, there's in that there's, one in particular, yeah. there's so much inside there. But <laughs> Anyways, so let's not make this longer than it has to be. If you have anything to say, I'll give you the floor right now, and then I have some quotes and some closing yeah, up things. Yeah, I've got, 
too much more to I'm say. Really, I'm really worked up right now, <laughs> though. Too. I could go at least three more hours. <laughs> and I'm not worked up in a bad way. I'm excited. I am, too. This is This has been the most fantastic. exciting conversation we've had so far, I, I think. I agree. <laughs> and I, hopefully that comes across. I like We're legitimately really happy and excited right now. And this is what I was talking about at the beginning. This is conversation. This is awesome. There's so much more to talk about. <laughs> and uh, But I know we're closing. And so what I'll what I'll say is I'll, I'll go back to this, is that um, is purpose. I think that we need to understand the purpose of scripture. It's not a textbook. I threw that my in my initial statement, initial statement. <laughs> I need to make sure I could say it. We also <laughs> didn't eat anything today, so the alcohol's getting us a little bit more than usual. True, true, true. Um, but I'm not drunk. I'm still tipsy. Just tipsy. We don't get drunk. We're Christians. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Moderation. I know when to. I know when to cut myself off. <laughs> um, but so that that's where it really comes down to, and I think that's important is purpose. What is the purpose of Scripture? The purpose is not to teach science. The purpose is not to teach history. Yes, there are places where the Bible has shown to be more accurate than our current beliefs, mm-hmm. as far as history goes. As far, uh, yeah, I'll say that as far as history goes, there's been things that it's like, oh, that's actually true. And the Bible was the only, at least until that point, current resource that proved that. So that's interesting, but that's not the purpose of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so the purpose of Scripture is it tells the God story. It tells the... The God story. I, I love that. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> so that's important. It, it tells the story of God. And I... I'm still gonna. I'm gonna say this to you, and I know this is a trigger word now. <laughs> I believe that there is no error in the way it tells the story of who God is. Okay. And I think that's the important thing. But all right, we're gonna make this but, a minute longer. We're gonna make this a minute longer. Yeah, go for it, please. Just no explanation, just an answer. There is a violent God in the Old Testament. He is described as violent. Is that an accurate description of God? Yes and no. Oh. Damn it, Paul, I asked for a one-word answer. (laughs) I can't give you one because it's a loaded question. (laughs) And so what I'll say is this. The same God in the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. And if I was going to make any argument, God is a whole lot harsher in the New Testament than he is in the Old Testament. (laughs) All right, that's our next topic. Save that for later. That's our next topic. If I was going to make an argument on that base, but I don't make that argument. Uh, I believe that God is the same in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But here's the important thing again. I'm going to come back to this. Okay. Scripture is not above God's authority. Amen. <laughs> and so I actually I threw this in my final notes. I wanted to come back to this because this is how important I believe it is. Yeah. Scripture, <laughs> do not hold Scripture above who God is. If the Bible is shown to be totally heretical, just completely wrong, everything in it is contradictory, everything's wrong on every basis, does that change who God is? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And I I hate leaving it on that, but that's kind of where I'm at. I believe that there is, like you said too, I believe Scripture is the most inspired work. Mm -hmm. I believe it's inspired by God. Yeah. Um in the way that we defined earlier. <laughs> but it's not above who God is. So if if your view of the Bible changes God, then there's a problem. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's, but so it's, if it's, you're, it's but, God to Bible, not Bible to God. Yes. But I think, I think that proves my point. But anyway, <laughs> well, listen, listen. No, I think we should do, of, we have to do a part but two. No. We have to do a part two because this do. is only half we the do. conversation. <laughs> and I have so much more to say. I never reach point C. <laughs> so, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do in two weeks. We're going to film yeah. part two. So two weeks from the day you're listening to this, this will be out. Both parts, yeah. two parts, maybe three parts. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we're going to go 50 parts. <laughs> but before we go, I just want to, I want to offer a warning to those who hmm. continue to affirm the inerrancy of Scripture. And I have I have two different people I want to quote here okay. as I wrap this up. One person says, Derek Vreeland says, uh, the quest for inerrancy puts too much pressure on the Bible. It asks the Bible to be more than it was ever designed to be. Hmm. So let the Bible be the Bible. Yes. 
Don't force it to give you the perfect right answer straight from God. Accept the fact that that God allowed infallible, not infallible, fallible yes. people, imperfect people to write the scriptures. And then I want to quote Brian Zond because he's a he's he's a great uh he's a person that is very much striving today to return to the orthodox faith of the first thousand years of Christianity to the to the church fathers. He's going back to the church fathers. Hmm. Okay. He's a Protestant who is going back to the church fathers. I got a lot to see about those guys. <laughs> Protestants, man, they 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 have a hard time going back more than five hundred years ago. <laughs> more than three hundred years ago. <laughs> so Brian Zahn says this. He says, to say that Christian faith is forever rooted in Scripture, yet distinct from Scripture, is both conservative and progressive. Conservative in that it recognizes the inviolability. <laughs> I don't even know how to say that word. Inviolability <laughs> of Scripture. <laughs> progressive in that it makes a vital distinction between the living faith in the historic text. Hmm. We come to accept the Bible as authoritative in the ongoing conversation about Christ that is Christian theology through the witness of Christ and the church, not the other way around. It is Christ. This, this, is, the, hmm. these are, this is the two hmm. points I wanted to make today, and I didn't, but he sums it up here. The reason we believe the Bible to be inspired is because of Christ's witness and because of the church's witness, hmm. not the other way around. The Bible does not validate the resurrection of Christ or the church's witness. The church's witness and Christ himself validates the scriptures. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that either. <laughs> Amen. Which is right there. <laughs> that's what makes it confusing. And that's where it's like there's a lot more to talk about because I think there is a level of semantics yeah, we're in the we're in the gray area right now. We are, and you'll catch us next time as we try to <laughs> try to figure this crap please, out. Please, please ask for more because I want to talk about so much more. We don't agree about a, all of what we just said. No, there's a level of it we do agree with. Uh huh. But we don't agree with all of it. Uh huh. And that's okay. That's okay. We're both Christians. Can I say that? <laughs> we, we both believe I Christ. Think that died and resurrected yeah and we both believe in his commandment to love god and love our neighbor yeah and part of that is asking the tough questions yeah and that's what we're here to do like we talked about in the beginning we're here we want to tackle these tough questions <laughs> that's what that's what our goal is but we're not going to answer these tough questions because they're tough yeah. people have been trying to answer these things for years <laughs> for centuries for thousands of years in some ways but we hold different opinions about some things, but we're both Christians. We both love God. We both want to seek truth. That's our goal. And it's going to take us a long time to get there. <laughs> After this life, for sure. Yeah. But And if you guys have thoughts, and I'm sure you do, we want to hear them too. But don't leave them with us. Leave them with the people around you. Yeah. Question yourself about what do you believe? What do you actually think? Do you agree with me? Do you agree with Trey? Do you agree with neither of us? That's always possible. Most do you agree with possible. both of us? <laughs> um, but that's I think that's the important thing, and that's what we're trying to do here. We're we're trying to dive into these things. We know we're not going to find an answer. And that's okay. <laughs> God help us in our journey. <laughs> hey, we're just enjoying the ride. Can yeah, I cheers you one more time? <laughs> sure can. <laughs> Guys, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Tipsy Theology Podcast. And thank you so much to Maximize Digital Media Amen. and Annie Uli for producing this episode whether they agree or not. <laughs> and we'll catch you guys, whether listening or watching, on the next one.